0: around the moral issues of our time. Visit AveMariaLaw.edu to learn more about integrating your faith with a law degree. Hello there, welcome to the program. My name is Gary Zimak. Today we are about to discuss the mass readings for the 26th Sunday in Ordinary Time. The message this week involves conversion and God's mercy, conversion, that change of heart, that internal change that the Lord is always looking for. From all of us, you know, we could say, or we could tend to believe that, well, you know, maybe I'm doing good enough, maybe I don't need that much help spiritually, I'm not too bad of a sinner, there are people who are doing worse than me. I think we should all pay attention, and look, I am guilty of this at times. It's easy to fall into that that type of thinking, but the Lord is calling us to continuing conversion every day, and nobody needs to hear that message more than I do. That's going to be the theme for these readings as we look at them, and you know, the good news about that, and whenever we get to look at the Lord's Word in Scripture, it's always good news. It just depends Uh, if we can get beyond some of the more difficult language or maybe some of the things that disturb us, if we can really work on it and let the Holy Spirit help us, we're going to come to the conclusion that it's all good news because anytime God speaks, it's good news. If we can accept the fact that we are all in need of conversion and we do something about it, we make an effort to convert, to change our hearts, to turn closer to the Lord, we can count on Him to be merciful. And that's going to be the message from these readings today. So I hope the readings bring you comfort. I hope you're doing well. I'm doing well. I'm glad to be with you. You know, I always perk up when I get to do these shows, and I hope you're doing well. I hope you're ready to start. So with that in mind, let's turn to our Father in Heaven. Let's chat with Him for a little bit, and then we'll begin our program. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. Father in Heaven, hello. Great to be with you. Thank you for... Once again, being present with us, Father, thank you for your your willingness to listen as we speak to you. You never turn us away. You're never too busy for us, even though you are completely in control of the entire universe. It seems like a big job, but yet you always manage to have time for us. That's because you are God, and you can do all things. Father, we turn to you, and as we prepare to hear these Mass readings, we're going to ask you to to help us to open our hearts so that we can hear your message and that we can be willing to respond in some way. That idea of conversion, that idea of mercy so important to each of us, Father, help us to in- increase our desire to become more willing to convert every day to never get to a point where we say, "Well, that's good enough. I don't need to convert anymore." Because we know, Father, that we never should be, we should never get to that point, because there's always room for improvement. So help us to continue to desire that change of heart every day, that conversion. And we ask you, Father, to be merciful on us. We especially lift up those who maybe have walked away from you, those who don't believe in you, who never believed in you, those who are just struggling because they just don't know how real you can be how real you are i should say we lift up all these people we lift up anybody who is sick we pray for the healing we pray for anyone who is dealing with any sort of mental disorder uh any kind of mental illness or anxiety disorder we pray for our church we pray for our country we pray for the world we pray for anyone who's feeling hopeless today father And Father, I ask you today especially to pour out your Holy Spirit upon me, to give me the words for this program, give me the words that you want me to proclaim, not my own words. Help me to get out of your way so your message can go out over the airwaves on this program. Father, as I always do, I ask these things in the most holy and the most sacred name of Jesus Christ, your Son and our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, God, forever and ever. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. As always, thank you for praying with me. My name is Gary Zimak, and I'm here with you every week for 30 minutes. And I'm grateful. I'm grateful to the numerous Catholic radio stations who air this program. I'm grateful to the podcasting services which make it available. And I'm grateful to you for showing up, because without you, you've heard me say this there would be no program. So I'm grateful for all of these individuals who helped me to do this program, who allow me to get the message out there. I thank you for your contributions to my ministry. I thank you for your prayers. I thank you for your kind words. And I thank you, as I said, for listening. That means a lot to me. Please, If you find this program to be beneficial, if you like it, if you find it helpful, please share it with somebody you know. Uh, because I, your word of mouth goes a long way in spreading the news about my ministry and about this program. So please, please share this show with anybody that wants to know more, um, that is maybe is looking for something more in their relationship with the Lord. Uh, I think I, I think we do something unique here in that I always try to tie all of the Sunday Mass readings in together and look for the common theme. I, I don't think a lot of that gets done. Um, it, at least I'm not aware of any other programs that do it that way. But please spread the word. If you want to find out more about my work, following the truth.com is my website. And if you'd like to invite me to speak at your parish or your conference, following the truth.com is the place to go. As well as if you'd like to sign up for my daily email reflection, let not your heart be troubled. Free of charge, following the truth.com. All right, let's uh, let's continue on and talk about these master readings. Now, looking at them before the program started, they're not especially long. I always am a little bit relieved when I see that the master readings are not that long because I know that I can talk a little bit more about them and we I know that we're not going to run out of time. This um this gospel from today's Sunday for Sunday's Mass for 26 Sunday in ordinary time. It's a familiar one. I've always liked this one and I'll tell you a little, I'll tell you why after we read it. but before we get into the readings, we are in the 26th Sunday of ordinary time and I always like to do this to give you an idea of where we stand in the liturgical or the church year. Week 26 we are at right now. There are 33 weeks or 33 Sundays in ordinary time. So we're at week 26 right now we have 33 plus the 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 week after that the 34th Sunday in ordinary time is the solemnity of Christ the King. So after that so technically we have 34 weeks in ordinary time with that special solemnity ending the church year. So the church year comes to an end and then the following the following um the following week after that, the following Sunday, we begin Advent. So we are really approaching the end of the church year, and we're about to head. I mean, we've got several weeks to go yet, but we're on our way. We are more or less headed toward the end of the year and heading into the beginning of the new liturgical year, which begins on the first Sunday of Advent. I always like to to sort of frame that to give you an idea of where we stand so you might be able to understand. You're going to hear something In the readings, in the weeks to come, you're going to start to hear more about, okay, wake up, time's running out, stay awake, and the church does that because the church wants us to know that as the liturgical year comes to an end, so our lives come to an end at some point in time. I mean, I'm not saying it's going to happen imminently, but it's always a good idea to be ready for that, and then we head into this season of Advent ready to make a new beginning. So the church kind of helps us along there. Just saying that so you know where, where it is that we stand. So, with that in mind, with that said, let's look at the Mass readings for the 26th Sunday in Ordinary Time. Again, the theme, Conversion and Mercy. As I always do, I'm going to begin with the Gospel. Let the Gospel establish the foundation for the Sunday readings. Then we'll look at the other readings, which I think very effectively... Support the gospel, especially this week. It, it always happens, but it's really clear this week. The uh, gospel comes from Matthew chapter 21, verses 28 through 32. Jesus said to the chief priests and elders of the people, what is your opinion? A man had two sons. He came to the first and said, son, go out and work in the vineyard today. He said in reply, I will not but afterwards changed his mind and went. The man came to the other son and gave the same order. He said in reply, Yes, sir, but did not go. Which of the two did his father's will? Now, before we go to the answer, this is the question Jesus is proposing to the chief priest and the elders of the people, the religious leaders, the guys who gave him a hard time. More often than not, He's basically saying we've got two men, two sons, one after being invited or being instructed by his father to go work out in the vineyard. First son says, nope, not going to do it, but then changes his mind and goes out and does it. The other one replies to the father, you bet, yes sir, but he doesn't go. So right right here, what we see is we see a a disconnect between words and actions. One of the sons is saying, I'm not going to go, but then something happens, some sort of a conversion, a change of mind, a change of heart comes about, and he ends up going. The other one, with his lips, says, yes, I will do it, but doesn't follow through. And Jesus asks, which of the two did his father's will? Well, remember, this is posed to the chief, chief priests and elders. They answered him the first. Jesus said to them, Amen, I say to you. Tax collectors and prostitutes are entering the kingdom of God before you. When John came to you in the way of righteousness, you did not believe him. But tax collectors and prostitutes did. Yet even when you saw that, you did not later change your minds and and believe him. Now, when Jesus is addressing this to the religious leaders, he's he knows what he's doing. He's going to infuriate them because he's got a neat way of doing this, sort of a subtle way of saying, you know, guys, I'm talking about you here. You're the ones who are saying a lot of things with your words but yet not living your words. In other words, you're, you're paying me lip service. You're saying, yes, Lord, but then you're going and doing what you want. And he brings up this example of tax collectors and prostitutes entering the kingdom of God. Now, these are the people, the outcasts, the people thought, and not, not very highly thought of, tax collectors, prostitutes. And the point Jesus is making here is that for some reason, they're hearing the Lord's words and they're responding. They're making changes in their lives and they're listening. They're having a conversion. But the ones who should know better, the religious folks, they're not. And that's the point of Jesus saying what he's saying. Even when you see these people repenting, changing, listening to God's word through his son, You're not changing your mind. You are set in your ways, religious leaders. And look, let's face it. This is not just the religious leaders who do this. We all do this at times. But I think the great thing about this gospel is the reminder to us that it's never too late to change your mind. And today is that day for for us. As we hear these words, are we willing to say, Lord, Yes, I have sinned. I have done some things I shouldn't have done. And maybe you're not even sure. Maybe a sincere examination of conscience, asking the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, please help me. Make me aware of any things that I have done that displeased the Lord, or maybe some things I didn't do that the Lord expected me to do. And then couple that examination of conscience with a sincere desire to change. Now that I messed up, now that I recognize my faults, I'm going to go to confession. I'm going to seek forgiveness. And then I'm going to change my life, which is what Jesus is looking for. He's not just looking for admission of guilt. He's looking for that change. And this is where I struggle. This is not easy for me. It's a lot easier for me to recognize the areas where I've, I've messed up than it is to go out and make the necessary changes. But I think this is a great lesson for us. That number one, we should be careful about writing people off and saying, oh, they're they're no good. They're sinners. They're not gonna they're not gonna do God's will. Me, on the other hand, I always do God's will. Got to be careful about that. But also to look to the example given by Jesus and saying, look at these people with a history, tax collectors. Nobody liked the tax collectors. Because they typically skimmed money off the top from the Jews who were paying their taxes. And they were also tax collecting for the Romans, which didn't make them really popular in the eyes of the Jews. So many of them are changing their way. The prostitutes, we all know what they do. But the prostitutes are willing to accept the good news, and make the changes. That's what Jesus is saying. He's not talking about people who continue to do evil. No, he's talking about conversion. He's saying, look at this. Look at what they're doing. They're changing. They're taking me seriously. They're humble enough to recognize they messed up and they need help. Let's look at the first reading and we'll see how that uh, this first reading supports that gospel message. Ezekiel chapter 18, verses 25 through 28. Thus says the Lord, You say the Lord's way is not fair. Hear now, house of Israel, is it my way that is unfair or rather are not your ways unfair? I always love that. That is, that is one of my favorite verses where Jesus, where the Lord, God, is saying to the people, you tell me I'm not fair? What about you? You're not fair. When someone virtuous, listen to this part, when someone virtuous turns away from virtue to commit iniquity and dies, it is because of the iniquity he committed that he must die. Somebody virtuous who is turning to sin, there's repercussions for that. But And see, this is where it ties in with that gospel in a more positive way. way. But if he turns from the wickedness he has committed, like the tax collectors, the prostitutes, if he turns from the wickedness he has committed and does what is right and just, he shall preserve his life. Since he has turned away from all the sins that he has committed, he shall surely live, he shall not die. And of course, God's talking here not about our earthly life. He's talking about eternal life, the choice between heaven and hell. You know, that's something we we might not hear a lot about, but it certainly gets my attention when I hear about it. And I think one of the greatest dangers, and we, we, I, I have to be careful of this, and, and I, I would suspect you may as well, is that we might look at ourselves and say, well, I, I go to church. I say my prayers. I might even go to daily mass. I, I try to receive the sacraments as often as possible. I try to follow God's commandments. So, you know, I'm a lot better than those other people who don't go to church. I'm not going to hell because at least I'm doing more than they're doing. We got to be careful about that because it's a very legalistic point of view, first of all. Like, I'm just going to check the boxes to make sure I get into heaven. It doesn't show a real love of God, right? I mean, you got to admit that. And also, we got to be careful that if we start setting our sights so low or our standards so low, we're just trying to squeak into heaven chances are we could mess up in some way and fall into bigger sin which could lead to that that eternal i even hate to say it but that eternal damnation in hell you know i got you know me i got to be honest with you hell exists hell's real we have to be careful So the Lord's just saying, "Ah, look, I'm not looking for perfection. I am looking for a sincere conversion, sincere trying to do better. And that's what it comes down to. If you try to do better, no matter how many times you fail, you're going to get to heaven eventually. You might have to spend some time being purified in purgatory. But if you are trying and you're sincere about it, the Lord knows that. He can read your heart. He's going to be merciful. What we have to, When we have to be careful is when we get so proud or stubborn that we say, I don't need anything else. I am going to heaven because I am a good person. I'm better than those other people, those sinners. That kind of attitude is a problem. And I'd be lying if I said I never slipped into that. I've done it. I'll probably do it again. That's why I love the fact that the Holy Spirit works with me to remind me that I need God's mercy. I need God's mercy as much as those quote-unquote sinners out there. You know, your criminals, your drug dealers, your prostitutes. If we look too much at their sins and their need for conversion and too little at our own sins and our own needs for conversion we're going to get ourselves into trouble. We always have to, I believe, we always have to tie these readings back, these mass readings back to ourselves in some way. We shouldn't think that, well, God's not speaking to me this Sunday. I I, I have the Sunday off. He's speaking to us all every Sunday. There might be degrees of conversion necessary, different degrees of conversion necessary, but there's conversion necessary for all of us. The responsorial psalm this week is Psalm 25. Remember your mercies, O Lord. Your ways, O Lord. I like this. Your ways, O Lord, make known to me. Teach me your paths. Guide me in your truth and teach me for you are God my Savior. Isn't that great? In other words, Lord, teach me. I don't want to sin. I don't want to do the wrong thing. I want to change to please you. Let me know what that is. And that's why we as Catholics are so blessed because we have a, a solid body of Catholic teaching. Many Christian denominations don't have that because they all agree, they all make up their own rules. I mean, I hate to say it, but the fracturing of Christianity into different denominations did a lot of damage. From church to church, from Christian church to Christian church, you often have different beliefs, some major, some minor. But let's face it, the truth has got to be the truth. And that's why we're so blessed to have our Catholic faith. We can open up a book such as the Catechism of the Catholic Church and look at this concrete, unchanging body of teaching that goes back to the time of Christ. Remember your mercies, O Lord. Remember that your compassion, O Lord, and your love are from old the sins of my youth, and my frailties, remember not. Look at that, acknowledging the sins in the past, and my frailties, Lord, remember them not. In your kindness, remember me because of your goodness, O Lord. See, that's somebody who is repenting, who is saying, yeah, I messed up, but Lord, I want to change. I want to change. Good and upright is the Lord. Thus, he shows sinners the way. He guides the humble, to justice and teaches the humble his way. Did you see that the word humble appears twice there? He guides the humble to justice and teaches the humble his way. Remember your mercy, so Lord. Why the humble? Because the proud don't want to hear it. Only the humble are willing to accept correction and guidance from God. And this is why Jesus had such a hard time with so many of the religious leaders of the time. They were proud, they weren't humble. They didn't want to change anything because they thought they were right. Let's look at the second reading from St. Paul's letter to the Philippians, chapter 2, verses 1 through 11. Brothers and sisters, if there is any encouragement in Christ, any solace in love, any participation in the Spirit, any compassion and mercy, complete my joy by being of the same mind with the same love, united in heart, thinking one thing, do nothing out of selfishness or out of vainglory. Rather, check this out, you ready? Rather humbly regard others as more important than yourselves, each looking out not for his own interests, but also for those of others. See that humility, that mention of humility, so important in the process of conversion. But wait, you ain't seen nothing yet. Listen to the rest of this. Haven't you St. Paul writes, the same attitude that is also in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not regard equality with God something to be grasped. Rather, he emptied himself, taking the form of a slave, coming in human likeness, and found human in appearance, he did what? He humbled himself, wow, becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Because of this, God greatly exalted him and bestowed on him the name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bend, of those in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. What's it take for conversion of heart, for the admission of the fact that we have sinned, for asking for God's mercy? What does it take? It takes humility. Humility. And we see that Jesus himself gives us an example of humility, and we are called to follow Jesus. So today, let's pray for the grace to be humble enough to recognize that we are sinners, that we do need to change, that we do need a Savior, that we do need help. And once we start recognizing that, then we take the next step and do something about it. Confession can be a very humbling sacrament only because we have to go and admit our sinfulness to, honestly, to another human being, to a priest, who, by the way, is acting in the person of Christ. So we really are confessing directly to Jesus, but you still got that fact that it's a priest acting in the person of Christ, and that bothers some people. It's hard for me Especially if I have to say the same thing over and over again. It's humbling. But in order to get better, in order to be converted, in order to be healed from our sinfulness, we need that humility. That's one of the great things about the sacrament and the way it's set up is because it requires humility. It doesn't, It's not very humbling for me to admit in my own mind my sins and talk to the Lord about them in my mind. It's a lot more humbling to have to do it audibly in a confessional where somebody else can hear. But that humility is the beginning of the conversion that the Lord is looking for. Hey, I want to thank you for listening to the program today, and um, I hope you, you'll be able to join us again next week. If you have any questions, please email me at gary at followingthetruth.com. Or visit my website, followingthetruth.com, and you can contact me directly through the website. If you'd like to keep my ministry going strong, I'd greatly appreciate your financial support. Please visit followingthetruth.com and either become a one-time, make a one-time donation, or become a monthly sponsor. It would really help me. Um, it's a bit tough these days. It's, um, it's the end of summer. It's it's still, still a little difficult. I mean, technically, we're in the fall now, but Still feeling the effects of the summer. So your donations are very much needed, very much appreciated. Whatever you can do. But above all, please pray for me, for my ministry, for my family. And you could you can rest assured that I'm going to be praying for you as well. It has been my honor to be able to spend this time with you. Thank you so much for your willingness to to visit with me each week at this time. Again, for more for more information or to get in touch with me. Visit my website, followingthetruth.com. Have yourself a great week, and I look forward to joining you next time. God bless.